of the chapter. The Matthew 7, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished saying these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, and not as their scribes. This morning is decision time. Life in the kingdom of God has been presented to us. Now it's time to make a decision. Are you in or out? It is simple and it is clear cut. Jesus lays the kingdom before us and now he lays the choice before us are you in or are you out? In verse 13 and 14 there is a narrow gate and a wide gate 
in verses 15 to 23, there are those who belong to Jesus and those who do not. And in verses 24 to 27, there are those who make a wise choice and there are those who make a foolish choice. And we see in this text from Scripture today that the choice we make either brings us life or destruction. The choice before us is simple and it is stark. God has always laid this choice out before people. We think back to Deuteronomy and Moses spoke God's word to his people. Moses says, See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today. And the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside from the way I am commanding you today to go after other gods that you have not known. Further, in Deuteronomy 30, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Well-known words to many of us. In Joshua 24, Joshua was speaking again to God's people. He says, Choose this day whom you will serve. Is it God or is it not? We think of Psalm 1, and there we are presented with two ways to live. You can delight in the law of the Lord, which will bring blessing, or you can reject the law of the Lord, which will bring perishing death. And here, Jesus, as we have seen, Jesus, the one who fulfills the Old Testament, God's word in flesh, Jesus has laid out the kingdom before us these past weeks and months and now he lays before us a choice. Will you choose life or death? Will you choose blessing or curse? Will you serve God Or will you not? It's time to decide. What will you choose? Firstly, will you choose the narrow gate or the broad gate? Which will you choose? That there is a narrow gate with a narrow road and there is a broad gate with a broad road. The narrow road is hard. The broad road is easy. The narrow road leads to life. The broad road leads to destruction. Which will you choose? And there are some very clear implications here for salvation. Salvation, in the end, 
depends upon choices we make now. There are two options, one choice we've got to make. The narrow road or the broad road. There are not many, many options that will lead us in the end to blessing in heaven. There is no opportunity after death to then weigh up and decide and then make our way on to heaven. Heaven, eternal blessing depends upon our choice now. I mean, that is why we have so much focus on evangelism here and now. Because when people die, or if Christ returns before that, the opportunity is then gone forever to choose the right path. Jesus says in John 10 verse 9, I am the door, or the NIV, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. If you have never recognised Jesus Christ as the only way to be saved, as the only way to enter eternal blessing in heaven, then you must turn to Christ, acknowledge your sin and recognise your desperate need of him. If you are a follower of Jesus this morning, this choice too is before you. Remember, Jesus is speaking to disciples and here he lays the choice before them. Suppose the way I would put it this morning is, are you all in or not? Are you fully committed to Jesus Christ Or are you not? Let's take a moment and think about this broad and narrow road. Well, the broad road really speaks for itself. It's broad, full of personal choice and decision. Follow the desires of your heart. Wherever your heart takes you, that is where you go. The broad road has much tolerance. The broad road allows you to set your own morals, your own principles, and your own direction in life. It's easy. Just run with it. Go with the flow. Of course, the narrow roads much more restrictive. Firstly, Jesus Christ is the only way to enter this road. We don't always, on this narrow road, we don't follow our heart's desires all the time, but we follow Christ's teaching as has been laid out before us. This is a hard road. Because it's much easier to fit into the surrounding culture than it is to be distinct, salt and light. 
it is much easier to simply let our anger loose than it is to control our anger. It is much easier to act upon lust and sexual impulses than it is to exercise sexual self-control in the way that Christ has led before us. It is much easier to live for ourselves than it is to live for others. It's much easier to hate our enemies than it is to love our enemies. It's much easier to pray for our wants and our desires than it is to pray sincerely for God's will and God's kingdom in our lives. It's much easier to worry than it is not to worry. Now remember here again, Jesus is describing the way of life for those in the kingdom. He is not saying, if you live in this way, then you can enter the kingdom. But he's saying that for those in the kingdom, this is their way of life. It's not easy. Is this your way of life? Have you chosen the hard way? Are you all in? Jesus' way is hard. Don't let anyone fool you. The broad road, it makes no demands on your life, but it leads to no rewards. The narrow way offers great demands on your life, but it leads to great eternal rewards. Which gate have you gone through? Which road are you on? The broad road or the narrow road? Then we move to verses 15 to 23. And here we see there are those who know Jesus and there are those who do not know Jesus. So the question is, do you know Jesus? Perhaps the most sobering words of Scripture are found in this passage. Look at verses 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But it is the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And cast out demons in your name. And do many mighty works in your name. Then I will declare to them. I never knew you. Depart from me. You workers of lawlessness. I believe these verses 21 to 23 are connected to verses 15 to 20. So the false prophets in verses 15 to 20 
are those who are claiming to know Jesus, but it is a false profession. They are not truly his. They talk the talk, but they do not walk the walk. We are talking here about people who say they are Christian, who appear publicly as a Christian, who perhaps are even members in an established church. Perhaps like those we looked at in chapter 5, but whose religion, whose Christianity, yes, it looked very good, but it was all to be seen. It was all to be seen to be doing the right thing. These people, they will refer to Jesus as Lord. They will recognise him. They will even be respectful of him. The The repetition of Lord, Lord, it shows fervency. These people have passion. They've been very public about their faith, prophesying in Jesus' name, casting out demons in Jesus' name, doing many mighty works in Jesus' name. They are recognised, they are known for their work and for their great work in Jesus' name. So what is it about these prophets or these leaders that makes them false. How can we spot them? That this is initially here what Jesus is wanting to show us, to enable us to be able to discern between who is false and who is true. And truly the first thing will be by their teaching. The Lord warns of these people through the prophet Jeremiah. Listen to what God says in Jeremiah 23. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they shall say, no disaster shall come upon you. See all that? False prophets, false teachers or leaders, they will focus on what God has said to them personally, new and wonderful things. They will have more of a focus on what God is revealing to them now than what God has already revealed in his word. They will fill you with vain hopes. All the good things, all the material blessings, all the healing. All the ways in which God wants to make your life wonderful here and now. All the suffering and pain that God wants to deliver you from here and now. And there will be little challenge to your own sinful 
hearts and sinful patterns of life. I'll tell you to follow your heart. Listen, I know my heart. My heart is deceptive. So I'm not going to tell you to follow every desire of your heart. They will present the Christian life to you as an easy road. So we need to be able to discern doctrine and teaching. That's important. But actually, what is more of a focus in these verses and what Jesus really wants to draw our attention to here is their way of life. Does their walk match their talk? Verse 16, you will recognize them by their fruits or grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. The test of a true prophet, a true leader, is the character and conduct of his life, both in public and in private. The test of a true prophet is not someone who's a very charismatic character, it's not one who can draw a crowd, it's not one who can preach a blinder of a sermon, it's not one who is known for big and great spiritual things. Don't be too quick to be impressed by those who have this, that, or the other spiritual gift. Look a little deeper. Do they live lives that are distinct in the world in which they live? Are they striving to see heart change in their own lives? Do they evidently show love towards all people. I mean, think the qualifications for Christian leaders that Paul lays out for Timothy. It's two simple, clear things that they can teach the Bible and they are godly. And even as we look over the next weeks towards hopefully appointing more elders and deacons next year, think about this carefully. Look a little deeper. Are these people that we're thinking about, are they godly in their character? In their conduct? In the things they say? When we read on verses 17 and 18. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. And here now is a call for each of us to examine our own life and fruit. And I will say here, don't panic. <laughs> don't panic. Fruit takes time to grow. Christian fruit grows over an entire lifetime. 
If you know Jesus, if you truly know Jesus, the focus of your life, it's not the gifts you have, it's not so much your Christian service, but it's your commitment to godly life and conduct. Not a commitment to perfection, but a commitment to change. A recognition that you have sin in your heart and you long to be changed. I mean, wasn't that the difference that we saw between those in the kingdom and the Pharisees? The Pharisees could not see that they needed to be changed. They couldn't see the lust or the anger or the hatred in their own hearts. Those who truly belong to Jesus, they don't say, yes, I know I shouldn't lust, but... They don't say, yes, I know I shouldn't be angry, but... They don't say, I know I shouldn't worry, but... And those who truly know Jesus, they aren't only focused on the big upfront things. Those who truly know Jesus... They aren't frustrated that they don't have this or that or the other gift, but they're very content. They just quietly live and grow in godliness. Now we come back to verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. If you have been struck by your own sin, through this Sermon on the Mount, and you desire to be changed, if you are depending upon Jesus to forgive the bad fruit in your life, and are trusting him to produce more good fruit in your life, to follow the will of the Father, as outlined in this sermon, then you can rest content that you belong to Jesus, and he knows you. So do you truly know Jesus? And finally, are you wise or foolish? Verse 24. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Verse 26, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So if you are wise, you will do what Jesus says. If you are foolish, you will not do what Jesus says. Again, it's very clear and it's very simple. Those who listen to the words of Jesus, as we have considered these past weeks and months, those who listen to the words of Jesus and do them are wise. Those who do not are foolish. So, are you wise or are you foolish? 
But Jesus gives us a simple illustration, that one that we can all understand. He says, The wise man is like one who builds his house upon the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. The foolish man is like the one who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And we're not sure here if Jesus was thinking about particular places in mind that may have been known to those present, but it doesn't really matter to the point that is being made, and we don't need to be builders to understand the illustration. If you're going to build a house, you build it on rock, on stone, something firm, steady, secure. Don't build it on sand, soft, it's weak. You won't stand a chance against the elements. So what is the foundation of your life? What are you building your life upon? Are you wisely building on rock? Or are you foolishly building on sand? The rock is Jesus Christ. The prophet Isaiah, many years before, speaks God's promise in Isaiah 28. It says, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of sure foundation. In Acts 4, Peter, speaking before the council, he says, This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has now become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus Christ is the rock. He is the only sure and steady foundation of our lives. Jesus' death is the only way to be saved from God's punishment and judgment. Jesus' resurrection is the only way to conquer death and to live forever. Is the foundation of your life Jesus Christ? Perhaps you have never felt that you needed Jesus Christ. Perhaps you feel you are secure enough. Perhaps you've even experienced hard times, come through very hard times, and yet you're still standing. Well, I don't need to tell you that death will come. And when death comes, 
then I ask you, what is your security? What are you relying on? There is one person who will see you through death to eternal life and blessing. That is the only one who has conquered death, Jesus Christ. Turn to Jesus Christ today. He is the only sure foundation for your life. Now, if the foundation of your life is Jesus Christ, then I want to ask, are you continuing to build upon Christ? That is simply, are you listening to his words and doing his words? Is your treasure in heaven? Are you devoted to God? Does your life reflect the values of the kingdom? Does your life declare who Jesus is and how good it is to be in the kingdom of God? What is your foundation? How are you building your life? Are you wise or are you foolish? Notice again how Jesus finishes his words. It says, The foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. He ends on a negative note. In fact, it's dramatic. And it's shocking. You remember the sermon began with disciples around the feet of Jesus. At the end, Jesus is drawing us to himself again as he says, these words of mine And Matthew concludes this section by drawing us to who Jesus is in those last two verses. He's one with authority. Jesus is not another teacher explaining the scriptures. He is not another philosopher with a philosophy on life. He speaks as the fulfillment of all scripture. He speaks as the author of life, the one who alone can give life, the one who knows what true life is and gives true, blessed, lasting life. So be wise. Do what he says. Enter true relationship with him. Choose the narrow way. Choose life. Choose blessing. Don't be foolish. Don't disregard his words. Don't reject him. Don't choose the broad way. For your life will fall. And great will be the fall of it. Let us pray.